Thanks for listening to this podcast of Bet MGM Tonight. Our show is live every weeknight from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern on Odyssey radio stations around the country, odyssey.com, as well as the Odyssey app. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the Cotton Bowl. You got number one Alabama taking on Cincinnati. We just had Thor Nishmore from NBC Sports Edge breaking it down for not one but two segments. If you missed any of his takes, he's a really good listener. He also loves mayonnaise. Um, more than the regular human being or any human being. He had a mayonnaise pie. Don't ask why. Listen to the podcast. Type in Bet MGM tonight wherever you listen to your podcast. But Sorry. here's the game. Alabama, Cincinnati. Trista, what are you doing in this game? Plays on the side, plays on the total, or a money line play like Thor with an underdog at plus four something? Man, you know, I've been thinking a lot about – that's the reason I asked Thor about Luke Fickle. I've been thinking a lot about Luke Fickle because I think – the key really comes down to what his mentality and what his mindset will be. There's multiple pundits that are saying, I think Luke Fickle is going to try not to lose the game. Uh, I don't think that's true. Like, I just keep thinking back and forth about him saying to himself, I think I could lose the game in the first half. And I just don't think that's what successful coaches do. Like, I don't think they're thinking about the moment in terms of, like, you need to basically play prevent in the first like first half of a bowl game that you weren't even supposed to be in. To a degree, it kind of feels like they're playing with house money. To a degree, it kind of feels like they knew that the college football committee was trying to conspire to keep them out the whole time. Like they know that like they're there because they deserve to be there, even though no one, no fan, like the college football revenue side of things, nobody wants them. Uh, I think Luke Fickle's going to go out there and try to shock the world. I think he's going to go out there and try to be aggressive. Maybe that doesn't work in his favor, but I think he's going to be aggressive and try to put his boot on the neck, like from the very, very beginning. I all think there's the way like the a end. fine line between like I, I hear that a lot of people saying the same thing, like trying not to lose, but it's, that's only really said when you talk about teams and coaches that are in positions where they're not looked to be there. Like I think he can go in there and be conservative and not not play to win the game. Like there's a way to be conservative. As any coach, you go into a big game like this, it's expected, like whether it's Nick Saban or Luke Fickle, to not run flea flickers or onside kicks and do all this specialty gimmicky stuff early in the game. But you can still do stuff like you don't have to go for it every fourth down. You don't have to, you know, shock the world in your own territory. Like this is a long four-quarter game. So I think he's not going to be out there like playing to just make it through. But as a coach, you do have to be smart. So I think a coach like in Cincinnati, a program that's going to be very precise, and they're trying to put together a full game. So I don't think they'll be playing not to lose. But I don't have them being out like uber aggressive either. I have them going out there and playing a game and that is precise. It's a chess match, and especially with Alabama. Any mistake, any team that plays Alabama, you make any mistake, that's an opportunity that you will lose against a team that's been doing this for years upon years upon years. So not play to lose, but I think play a little more strategically than – Maybe you did against, you know, random non-conference team in week three. Yeah, I saw this uh, quote from Luke Fickle that I thought was interesting. Uh, He said this about toughness. Uh, Toughness is a skill. Obviously, you're born, you walk in the door, and we see, see that there's a toughness meter, and you're somewhere on it. Our whole job through life is to increase that by the things that we do, and it's 90% mental. It's not bench press, not squat. It's about the mental challenge of how do you rise to the occasion. To me, it's the mental health stuff. We've been dealing with it for hundreds of thousands of years. Do you have the courage to overcome the pressure, the mental health stuff? To me, I don't think Cincinnati's going to be intimidated by Alabama. 
I don't think, you know, like uh, Thor said, like they've been in situations against Georgia in a lesser bowl game, of course, but I don't know if the like quality, quality and the caliber of the bowl game that you can feel that. I don't know if you can feel the fanfare and the ratings increase and the increased gift sizes that you get based around the caliber feel, of the bowl I, game. I, you feel Bama, dog. Like I, you I, feel I, that. I get what you're saying, but like you, when you have a month off of football and you're not playing on a Thursday night against Pitt or Michigan State. You're playing against Alabama and Nick Saban fresh off of an upset in which Georgia was favored for a chunk of the season. Like, you feel it. But as, like, I, I would say, I mean, I play football, I, like, and also, be, like, from a coaching standpoint, one thing every good coach and player is going to try to do is downplay the moment. Yep. If you ask Tom Brady before the Super Bowl, what? well, Tom Brady might be an ex- a really wild example, but any player before the Super Bowl, it is just another game. Just going out there playing. That's a mind game. It's not just another game. This is Alabama. This is to for a college football. You weren't even here last year. This is so I think you do feel you try to downplay it, but it's nerve wracking. Yep. It's nerve wracking. I guess the question is whether you can mentally downplay it to the point where you play just like any other matchup. You go out there and you break it down and you find out the weaknesses that you can exploit and you try to take yourself out of we're playing Alabama. We're mm-hmm. playing a team in crimson. Like, we're playing a team that's just, we've looked at their weaknesses. We've looked at their strengths. We've watched them on film. Like, I like Luke Fickle in this spot. Not, I don't know if I like him on the money line, but I do mm-hmm. like him plus 13 and a half. I would probably buy it to 14, 14 and a half. I think I can just see them competing from like a X's and O standpoint too, more than more than just the narrative standpoint too. I, I, I listened to when Thor came on and we kind of got into a debate about like what Cincinnati can do to limit Alabama, what Cincinnati can do to take advantage of what Alabama has in terms of their holes. And I hear these these sides of these arguments. Part of me is like, man, 13 and a half is a, is a large spread. But the other side of me is like Nick Saban. It's it's Saban in Alabama. It's this, it's the same thing that I've had. That's what you said going into against Georgia. Against Georgia, and like, I was silly, and you were correct. Georgia was the best, de- and Georgia still might be the best defense in college football. Which people that are on Michigan, I'm a little concerned. We'll talk more about that next segment, and also with Ryan at the end of the hour. But we haven't talked about the fact that the glaring issue for Alabama coming into this to the Georgia game was what offensive line. It was their offensive line. Yep, and their offensive line. It was on shorter prep than this against the best defense in college football. Lit him up. Played like an NFL offensive line. It didn't look like the Alabama offensive line that we have seen for the past the 99% of the season. It looked like the NFL offensive line that we see everybody goes first round in the NFL draft, like for the past 20 years. Like that's the offensive line that we see, we've seen. So do you really think a month of prep time, Cincinnati can play? And I'm not trying to discount anything Cincinnati has done. Even when I was arguing. Like everybody else, I don't want to see Cincinnati in this game. Like, come on, I, not saying that I wouldn't like to see him, but like from a number standpoint, like, come on, this is not really selling tickets. But now we're here. Even when I was doubting them, they play a really good brand of football, and it's inspiring to see how Fickle has these guys going out there and playing really good. But you're giving a month to a team that just had Georgia in front of them, the team that was the number one seed for the most of the entire season, and then made them look like Randolph-Macon College in Ashland, Virginia. Yep. Just demolished them. Now, you do lose Mechie. I understand that. But let's not act like we do this every year with Alabama. We do this every game. Oh, they lost Mechie. They lost, ex- they lost five-star receiver from here. They lost five-star receiver from there. 
You guys ever look at the roster, like the depth chart? Like, it's not like the Wizards tonight where your point guard goes down and they call a Brad Wanamaker to come play starting at point guard. We got five stars nah. up and and Like, the guy that's probably behind him and then the guy that's behind him and the guy that's behind him is probably going to be in the league next year. Like, it's the picture. Like, you see the Alabama pictures now. Like, all five Alabama quarterbacks won this Sunday. And you're looking at them like, what the heck? They were, they were all there at the same time? He started over Tua? He was there when the running back was him? The run- like, they have these guys that are going to be in the league. So, like... Mechie is a huge loss because he's probably the best receiver that's going to come out, but you have some more options. And to at, to expect a Cincinnati team, whether it's Mechie, whether it's whoever, to have a back end that can withstand that. Also, they're talking about a defensive line that gets pressure. They're good at getting after the court. That defense is really good to look at. But we're talking about now you have to get pressure on the best offensive line in football and the best quarterback in college football, fresh off of the biggest test that they had against Georgia. So I'm not even like let's look at it from an Alabama standpoint. Are you how do you look at Cincinnati? They got up for for Georgia because they were underdogs. Now, one thing that we can expect, like, are they gonna get up for Georgia? Are they gonna get up for Cincinnati? Of course they're gonna get up for Cincinnati because you have no choice. You have a month off of football. You have to get up. Saban's not gonna let these guys get down on their opponents. I feel like the prep time is going to be a huge story. I think it's gonna be nice, it's gonna be fun. Maybe the first quarter we see like a little chess match here and there. But I have to go with Alabama. Even, like, the line is big. Mechie's not playing. But I trust, again, call me a fool, but I trust Nick Saban. Sorry. I trust. Give me the number with Alabama. I trust. And also, like, the under. Let's talk about the total. You know what I was thinking? The, to- the total is, uh, first half total is 29 and a half. And the. That's the AB special. He loves these first half. I think the, he gave up the first half. And under. the full game total is 57 and a half. Mm-hmm. We were talking about the Georgia-Alabama under the entire time. For about a quarter and a half, that felt firmly in sight. And as you're talking, Quentin, I had that light bulb go off in my head. As you're speaking about it, it might be, to me, first half under, full game over. Mm. Because that's exactly what we thought with Georgia and Alabama is two good defenses – Alabama's offensive line struggling. Georgia's offense, you got Stetson Bennett. Who knows? Like, do you trust them? Do you not? Alabama's defense is still for real. Their run defense is for real. I think these two teams are going to show out offensively full game. I think they're going to break some open loose. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. You look at Desmond Ritter, the four-year starter for Cincinnati. Um, has an offense right now that's averaging 39.2 points per game on almost seven yards per play this season. Cincinnati also has run it up all year long. Now, you can look at competition. You can look at and who they're playing, but still, points are points. They've scored at least 30 points in 10 of their 13 games and have averaged at least 6.7 per play in each of their last five contests. Now, it's I like have- How do you stop Cincinnati and how do you stop Bama? Do you trust do you trust Cincinnati to stop Alabama no. more than you trust Bama to stop Cincinnati? I think it's I think it's gonna be the more I think about it, the more I think it's gonna be a barn burner. Yeah. Because like you said, Cincinnati puts up a ton of yards. Desmond Ritter throws the ball a lot. That is Alabama's weakness. Yeah. Like that's what they know to exploit. And this this is not gonna be one of those situations like you know, the Patriots where they take, if you're a one-dimensional team, we're going to take that one thing away. I don't know if the secondary can take this thing away from Cincinnati. Mm. I don't know. And I don't know that you're going to stop Bryce Young. The only thing is, like, Cincinnati doesn't have, like, a like a star-studded wide receiving core. Like, 
they have a lot of different guys that can contribute. You got Alec Pierce, who has been uh, Ritter's favorite target this year. He's caught 50 passes for 867 and eight scores. But, like, it's kind of like a committee approach. Mm-hmm. I kind of trust the 6-2, like, stud lockdown DBs. About I'm on Alabama, if you guys don't know. Trisha, are you going to fishy with Cincinnati to cover the number? I think I am. I'm going to go. It's going to be another show bet. I'm show on bet. Alabama. 